Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And uh, we want to continue with uh, this that I've been talking on, the walk of faith. The Lord said to us uh, through Pastor Michelle last Sunday, Sunday before last, and uh, she's been teaching on some of them, but he said five specific things uh, that we were going to need to do in the year coming up. But the first thing that he said, he said, we're entering a season that will require the walk of faith. It will require the walk of faith. And that word require just stuck out to me when, when I was uh, reading that and as I've meditated on it. In uh, 1996, uh, summer of 1996, uh, I was sitting in uh, the apartment that Pastor Michelle and I uh, had in uh, Grandview, Missouri. And uh, I was, uh, we were there, we were seeking God about uh, what he wanted for our lives. And uh, long story short, I wasn't really studying anything. I was just kind of meditating on some things, sitting there. Uh, we had a, a, a little love seat, and I was sitting on that love seat. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I want you to go to Hebrews chapter, or he said, turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. And I turned there, and you know that. That's the foundation scripture for our ministry. He said, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which we see did not come from things which do appear. And he spoke to me, and he said, the, the vision for your life and ministry is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. Build their faith and frame their world by the word of God. Well, I had an idea up until that point, uh, I say that point, uh, a, a few months previous as to what faith was. And, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was largely based on, on the segment of the church that I was raised in, their idea of faith. But the Lord had brought, of course, uh, Charles Capps into our life and Brother Copeland and others. And uh, it, long story short, that's when I started understanding faith all right and uh, faith walking by faith living by faith is not difficult it's just different and this is important because what what a lot of times people have this understanding or this thought process about walking by faith and we get in this one thought process about what walking by faith is all right and it's this walking by faith is not paying attention to what you see that's wrong walking by faith is more correct to say walking by faith is knowing exactly what you see and not being moved by it when the bible talks about abraham you know, the King James says that Abraham considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb, but he was, he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. I've heard people preach that, well-meaning people preach that. And they'll say, Abraham didn't pay attention to his body. When you look at that in the literal Greek rendering, in, uh, especially in the Weiss Bible, it says that he was fully aware of the weakness of his flesh. Fully aware of it. But he did not consider that a reason that God wouldn't do what he said. And because he didn't consider that a reason for God not to do what he said, he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So in other words, he would look at his body that was dead naturally and give glory to God for what God said, and God did what he said. Walking by faith is not, not paying attention to what you see it's not allowing what you see to become the determining factor in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Did you see that? 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, and a very familiar verse, verse 7, notice it says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. I want you to, to always pay attention to this, that that's a parenthetical statement. It, 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 it doesn't mean it's not inspired. It means that Paul put it in there, it was put in that way, and for explanatory purposes, all right? In other words, when you read all of this chapter, and you read the chapter before, Paul's talking to them about the body that we're going to receive. And that when we see Christ, we're going to be like him. All right? And he says, we know that right now we're in the body and we're absent from the Lord. He said, but we walk by faith and we know that even right now while we're in this body, we're absent from the Lord. But the day is coming. Glory to God. Right? When we're going to be at home with Him, we'll be present with the Lord. And He says, till then, watch, you've got to walk by faith, not by sight. Say it out loud. I have to walk by faith and not by sight. The Amplified Bible says in, of this, for we walk by faith, we regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction. We regulate our lives, we conduct ourselves, right, by our conviction. And the end of that verse in the Amplified Bible says, not by sight or appearance. This, this is so important. We regulate our lives by faith. We conduct our lives by our conviction. Not by sight or appearance. The word regulate, it means to control or maintain the rate or speed of a machine or a process so that it operates properly. It means to control or maintain the rate or speed of a machine or process so that it operates properly. There's a regulator on it. There's something that regulates the operation of that machine so that it operates properly. If you've ever dri driven a car that has a governor on it or a pickup that has a governor on it, it, it regulates the speed that you can go. You can't go beyond that speed, right? It regulates the speed. Faith is what regulates our life. It's, it's what makes sure that things are going the way that they're supposed to be going. And that's why I've got a eye have to regulate my life by faith. God's not going to regulate your life by faith. I have to build my faith and regulate my own life by my faith. Oh, hallelujah. So if I don't regulate my life by faith, it's impossible to not walk by what I see. If I don't regulate my life by faith, it's impossible to not walk by what I see. Because that's how we're designed, naturally. We're de well, I should say this. It's, it's what's natural to the, to the natural man. Faith is native to the spirit man. That's why the Bible says that we walk by faith, we live by faith, and it tells us that we shouldn't walk in the flesh or live after the flesh. Why? Because when you walk in the flesh and live after the flesh, you've got to lay down your walking and living by faith. You can't walk by faith and live by faith and walk by the flesh and live by the flesh at the same time. You just can't. And that's why faith people seem a little weird to people because they're, they're, they're not just not paying attention to what they see. They're not living by the flesh. They're not living by what the flesh dictates. Amen. Listen, you, I believe everybody in here lives right. You know what you would consider a good, moral, clean life. You know how you do that? By faith. You do it by faith. The more you live by faith, the cleaner you live. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. But you regulate your life by faith. So a lot of people try not to walk by what is seen without regulating their lives by faith and you just you can't do that it you cannot walk you cannot fail to walk by what you see 
if you don't regulate your life by faith. And that's why walking by faith is not just not paying attention to what you see. That's part of it, but it's not, it's not the wholeness of walking by faith. Notice in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. That's a good place to go to talk about faith. Faith is my... How would I say that? Faith, I used to say faith is my yes. Faith, faith is my assignment. And uh, hallelujah. And when you understand faith, you, you, you will understand the, the, the problem people have had with faith. Because faith in the religious sense is just a... Uh, a religious term for I'm waiting. Well, brother, how you doing? Well, I'm standing in faith. Here's, here's, that's Christian code for I don't have it, I don't see it, not sure I'm going to get it. But I'm just waiting. That's right. That's like Christian code for worry is I'm concerned. How you doing, brother? Well, I'm concerned about this. Wouldn't come out and say I'm worried. Christian code, right? It's like Christians have Christian cuss words. You know, they, they wouldn't come out and say the real word, but they, they get close. You know, son of a, and you fill in the blank. Well, I'll be dead, you fill in the blank, right? <laughs> anyway. Let's look at what the Bible defines what faith is. Then you take the Bible definition and apply it to your life. Notice Hebrews 11.1. 1. For the sake of time, let me read it to you from the Weiss Bible. Now faith is the title deed of things hoped for, the proof of things not being seen. So he says, title deed. The Phillips translation says, now faith means that we have full confidence in the things we hope for. It means being certain of the things we cannot see. Now notice these phrases, title deed, full confidence, being certain. Now all of these ideas are contained in the word faith. Because faith, by definition, is the conviction of the truth of anything. Or being convinced that something is true. So look, title deed, full confidence, being certain. All of those are found in conviction. They're all found in you being convinced. Hallelujah. When I have a title deed to an item, it regulates the way I interact with that thing. You understand? If you have a title deed to a vehicle, and someone says, do you, and let's say it's a, a, a red F-150 truck, and someone says, do you have a red F-150 truck? Yep, I do. Well, I don't see it in the park. I don't see it in the driveway. I have it. I have the title. I have it. Well, I don't see it. You don't see it, but I have it. See, I have the title. That regulates my response. Does that make sense? What you have a title to, you have. Right? Tell your neighbor, what you have a title to, you have in your possession. See, that will regulate the way I operate things. Hallelujah. That title deed, it regulates the way I interact. If I have the title deed, I'm fully confident and completely certain. Fully confident and completely certain. See, faith, the Bible says, faith is of the heart. 
everything that you were ever convicted about, you were convicted in the heart. It's important. Not, when you got saved, you didn't feel bad in your mind. Matter of fact, for some of us, our mind was trying to tell us all the fun we were going to miss if we got saved. But there was something on the inside of us, in our heart, what was it called? People would say it was called conviction. It was called faith. Faith had come that I needed a Savior. Conviction had come that I needed to give Christ my life. Amen. What had come? Faith had come. How do I know that? Because the Bible said you were saved by grace. The channel that you were saved by was the grace of God. Right? But then it says through faith. Faith showed up and you accessed the grace. Oh, glory to God. Amen. So, so what came with the faith? Grace. What comes with faith? Anything that's yours. Because faith's the title deed. That's why it will be required that you walk by faith. Uh, required. Amen. Whoo, glory to God. In anything that you've ever been convinced of came by faith. Hallelujah. Do you see that? We regulate our lives through that confidence, that conviction, that certainty. You got to know that you know that you know that you know. Not that you know that you know that you know that it's in the Bible. That you know that you know that you know that you know that it's yours. That's the key. You can know something is the will of God and not have it. Because you're not convinced it's yours. Well, it's in the Word. I'll share a story with you. A friend of mine pastors a church in Alabama. I shared this in healing school, but it bears repeating. And, and he had two friends. Both of them were fighting a, 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 a deadly disease. And uh, he went to the camp meeting there one year at Ramah. And, and he, was, he went there, and he was specifically going to talk to both of them. And he came to the, the first individual. And, and this, this was a man, and he, and he asked him, he said, uh, you know, I, I heard what you're fighting. He said, how are you doing? How are you doing? What's going on with you? And the man stopped, and he said, well, you know, the Bible just has too much to say about healing for it not to be true. That sounds good, but that's not conviction. The Bible has a lot to say about a lot of stuff. And it's all true. But what do you believe? What are you convinced about? What, what, what are you certain about? What do you have the title deed for? You understand? Glory to God. See, that's, that's why statements like, the Lord will make a way. That's not faith. That's a religious statement. Not faith. Because you haven't said that much. Well, you know, the Lord will make a way somehow. Chapter and verse. Open your Bible and show me that chapter and verse. For the Lord will make a way somehow. It's not there. It doesn't exist. The Bible talks about how God will make a way. He'll, ma he'll make a way in the desert. He'll make a way through the rock. He'll make a way through the, through, the, through, the, through the waters when they're trying to overcome you. God will make a way for you to get through it and the waters will not overtake you and the fire will not kindle around your feet. It doesn't say God will make a way somehow. It said that God will lay the high places low and bring the low places up. It tells you exactly how God will make a way. And, and that's what you believe. That's what you believe. There's, there, there is so much in the Bible about healing. And if you just take one of those verses and own it, you just take one of those verses and become completely convinced. It, it'll work. It'll work. Glory to God. Amen. Pastor Michelle was preaching in the message, The Point of Victory. And she made the statement. She said, she said, 
victory comes when you see it in the Word, you receive it as yours, and you act on it. Your victory just showed up. Your victory, well, what is that? You, if you acted on it, you owned it. This is mine. I'm acting on it. When I leave here tonight, I'm going to go get in my car. I'm not going to ask anybody if I can. I'm, when they ask for the key, they don't say, give me the key to the car. They say, Pastor, where is your key? It's my key because I own the car. That's my car. That's my car. If I don't want you drinking coffee in my car, it's my car. Don't you drink no coffee in my car. This body is bought by God. It's bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. I have found in the Word that every sickness, every disease, every germ, every virus that touches my body can die instantly in Jesus' name. I got, I got to own that. Amen. Amen. You got to be convinced of that. Oh, that, that says what regulates your life. Amen. And then what you say will follow that. Hallelujah. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were telling me about, you know, what they believed about the things that were going on in the world and the economy. And they, and they, they, they looked at me, and they didn't like my response. They didn't like the fact that I wasn't getting down there worried about it. And they looked at me and they said, well, it'll affect you too. You say, well, what would you say? Well, I didn't say anything with them. I'm not going to argue. But the whole time I was talking to them and they were saying what they were saying, I was saying, I don't expect to be affected. They'd talk about recession and I'd say under my breath, times of refreshing. Times of refreshing. Why? I own that. That's what I can expect. That's how, that's how you regulate your life. Right? When, when they say this is out there, this sickness, it's this season, this ought to come out of your mouth. I don't mind telling you I'll never have it. I'll never have it. Because what do you own? What are you convinced of? I'm solidly convinced I can't get sick. You, you believe whatever you want to believe. I'm, I choose to believe I can't get sick. If the Bible said no evil will befall me and no plague will come near my dwelling. Did it say that? Hallelujah. See, that's how you regulate your life. Hmm. When you understand this aspect of walking by faith, it makes not walking by sight not only doable, but normal. It's not just doable, it's normal. It's normal. I, I want you to understand that people that walk by sight are abnormal. Those of us that walk by faith are normal. That's normal. That's God's way of doing. Is that right? When you have this, what you have by title deed is yours. When? Now. Right now. What I have by title deed is mine now. Think, think about some of the things that people put off till heaven. We sang some of the songs in church. There won't be no blind men in heaven. And now I can go, duh. Of course not. There's perfection in heaven. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being callous. I'm just saying, who wrote that song? Somebody that didn't know what belonged to them. We used to have a singing group come to the church that my dad pastored. And it was, it was everybody's favorite singing group. And they had a favorite song that everybody requested. Here's the first verse. My home is not much. My money's near gone. I'm in a deep rut, but it won't be for long. For now I'm so happy because from sin I'm set free. Praise God forever. He's precious to me. So precious. God, so precious. And I'm in a deep rut. My money's almost gone. I'm broke, 
My home isn't much. Such a precious Savior just loves me so much. You, you see? Right? When, what do we own? All my need met. Seed multiplied. So much in my life that I can give into every good work and not miss it. When people say, well, who wrote that song? Somebody that didn't know what belonged to them. Amen. Not regulating their lives by faith. You can't write a song like that regulating your life by faith. You can't think like that regulating your life by faith. Hallelujah. Walking. Well, let me say it this way. You, the deep, what you have by title deed is yours now, and you conduct yourself as if you possess that thing. You conduct yourself as if you possess that thing. Oh, hallelujah. Now, that's important. Now, again, that's not acting a role. That's you conducting yourself like you possess it. Hallelujah. Think about this. When people are going through, take a financial challenge, for example. And, and, and nobody in here, I'm, I'm, I'm present company excluded, but I've watched people before. They'll be going through something, a financial challenge, and they walk into church this way. How you doing, brother? It's getting better, pastor. What does that mean? Right? If, if, you, if, if, you, <laughs> if you knew that you had the title deed to every need met, to abundance, right? I have the title deed to that. It would change the way you carried yourself. Amen. Because you, you would walk in like every need was met. Why? I got the title deed. That's faith. I got the title deed. Faith is not denial. If somebody would say to you, uh, brother, do you have all the money you need right now? No, I don't right now, but it's coming. Why? I have the title deed to it. I have the title deed to it. I already have the funds. It's just a matter of time before I see the physical manifestation of what I have the title deed to. That regulates my life. I say, do you understand that? When, when the Lord started dealing with Pastor Michelle and I to come out of debt, and I'm not talking ugly about debt. If you have debt, I'm not telling you it's a sin. The Lord dealt with us to come out of debt. And he dealt with us from Romans 13, 8. Keep out of debt and owe no man anything. That began to regulate our lives. That began to regulate our lives. Whatever we needed to do to fix, to, to take steps to, to, to regulate that, we begin to do it. Whatever it entailed. Cut up a credit card, let something go back, do whatever needed to be done because I'm regulating my life by faith. Here's, here's what I want you to see by this. There came a day, Pastor Michelle printed out all of our debts, $210,000 worth of debt at that time, and she printed out all of our debts, and on, uh, over that whole debt, she took a red rubber stamp and stamped paid in full. All right? Now, now, now that's wonderful. We should have done that. You should do that. All right? But listen. That paper stamped paid in full did not produce conviction that we were debt free. It was what we were seeing in the Word. And based on what we saw in the Word, we got to be debt free. This is paid in full. And I told somebody one time, I said, I was debt free before I was ever debt free. Because one morning I just got up and I knew, okay, whoa, wait a minute. I am solidly convinced I'm out of debt. I'm out of debt. And there was still debt on the ledger book. It wasn't there for very long. Why? Because I became convinced. The more convinced you become, the faster what you're convinced of shows up. The more convinced you are, the faster what you're convinced about shows up. I got, I got to spend time with that. Oh, Lord Jesus. Walking by faith is walking in con, con, confidence 
and conviction that you possess the thing desired. Look over at John 17. I'm going to do my best to get through this. We might just have to hit pause. I'm going to show you a few things. And, and, and when you look at them at first, you, you may wonder what that has to do with faith. I'm, I'm expanding on this concept of what faith is. It's conviction. It's confidence. It's surety. All right? There are things that you walk in every day as a Christian by faith, and you don't even know you're doing it. You just do it. Oh, hallelujah. You're not supposed to try to walk blessed. You're just supposed to be blessed. You're not supposed to try to walk healed. You're just supposed to be healed. You're not supposed to try to walk in peace. You're just supposed to be at peace. And protect your peace. Notice John 17, verse 1. These words spake Jesus. He lifted up his eyes and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. As you've given him power over all flesh, he would give eternal life to as many as you have given him. This is eternal life, or life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Here's the question. When did you receive eternal life? What's that? There's no wrong answer. When did you receive it? The moment you were born again. Is that right? Did you receive it then? How many have eternal life now? You got it right now. Is that right? As a believer, you don't walk as if you're going to receive eternal life. If you're born again in here tonight, you have a firm confidence that if Jesus came right now, the rapture of the church came, you're going. Right? If, if, if he doesn't come in your lifetime and you go by way of the grave, you have a firm confidence that when your eyes shut in mortality, that when your spirit man, when, when your eyes close in mortality, you're going to open your spirit eyes and you're going to see Jesus. Are, are you convinced about that? So you walk as if you've already received eternal life. Right? Hallelujah. You know, the church, I, the, the denomination I was raised in, uh, it, was, it, was, it was very, very Pentecostal, and, uh, uh, which I, I thank God for my heritage. But they, they had a, some of them in that, in that sect had a belief system that every time you sinned, you had to get saved again. Not that you could confess your sin and repent, and God would forgive it. You had to get saved all over again. So the mindset, what did that produce? That produced a very shaky relationship with God. It, it produced a very shaky Christian walk. Hallelujah. Because if you sin, you can lose your salvation. And, and that's where the question would come up. Well, if I sin and die in a car wreck, and don't ask God to forgive me. Am I going to hell? And the answer from many people was unequivocally yes. Well, that just makes you real confident. Right? Amen. When did you get eternal life? Who can take eternal life away from you? Who? Are you sure about that? You're confident in that? Of course you're confident in that. That's why you live your life that way. Nobody can take me out of the hand of God. Nobody, absolutely no one. The only one that can turn me away from God is me. I'm the only one. I, I, if, if salvation is a free gift, nobody can take it from me. The only one that can return a gift you received is you. And if you choose to return it, you can turn it. Paul said that you can give it back. Or the writer of Hebrews said you can give it back. Even after you've tasted of the things of the world to come and tasted the Holy Spirit. He said you can give it back. You can walk away from it. Hallelujah. But not us. We want it. And, and, and how do you live? Like you're saved. And how does, how does that that conviction that you're born again 
How does that play out in your life? There's things you don't do. There's steps you don't take. There's, there's places you don't go. There's actions you don't take. There's things you don't do. Why? You're saved. You have eternal life. You get up every day concerning your salvation and having eternal life without even trying. And you're convinced. You're confident. You get up every day and walk saved and you don't even try. Why? You're convinced. I'm saved. Right? Take that same knowing and superimpose it over every area of your life. I know I'm healed. I know I'm blessed. I know my children are saved. Amen. I know I'm successful. I know everything my touch turns to a blessing. Everything. Is that right? Look at uh, 1 John chapter 3. Am I helping you tonight? This is, this is so important. Now be aware that when you start living this way, people, some people won't understand it. I've, I've been called everything from arrogant to conceited. And then they really called me bad names. One of those faith guys. Hallelujah. I had a guy look at me one time and through clenched teeth, he goes, you're one of those prosperity preachers. I'm convinced. You say, what would you say to him? I said, brother, I've been poor and I've been rich and rich is better. You know, you know the sad reality? You know the sad reality of that guy that was saying those ugly things about me? Is he had cancer of the throat. Couldn't get no help with it. He was in the classes that I was teaching where his answer was. And he was just determined that there was a reason he had cancer of the throat. And every service, you were in every one of those services. Every service I was teaching on how God wanted to heal you. God made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus as a believer. And with that righteousness came everything attached to it. Amen. All you had to do is become convinced. Amen. First John 3, 2. Let me hurry. For the sake of time, let me read this to you from the Weiss Bible. Divinely loved ones, now born ones of God we are, and not yet has it been made visible what we shall be. We know absolutely that whenever it's made visible, like ones to Him we shall be, because we shall see Him just as He is. Notice, now are we born of God. Now are we born of God. So we know absolutely that we'll be like Him. Notice what he said. We know absolutely that we'll be like him. We don't see it, but we know it. Is that right? Are you going to be like him when you see him? Are you going to be like him? Well, you don't see it, but you know it. Is that right? That's faith. I'm absolutely convinced. That's walking by faith. I don't see it, but I know it. Well, if you have a truck, where is it? I don't see it, but I know it. I got it. Amen. Walking by faith is not so much looking for something to happen as much as it is receiving what's already happened. It's not looking for something to happen as much as it is receiving what's already happened. Because you see something in the Word and you're confident that you have what you've seen in the Word. I see it in the Word. That's why you have to be convinced that the Word is truth. Because I see it in the Word, and I'm convinced that I have what I've seen in the Word. This is mine. This is what I have. Oh, hallelujah. I have it. I have it now. I have it now. We, we spent all those weeks talking about the redemption package and, 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 and take the whole package because when you were saved, healing came with the package and victory uh, financially came with the package. Well, just roll that over into every area of your life. It all came with the package. 
It's mine right now. It's mine right now. Try that out. Tell your neighbor, it's mine right now. I have it right now. It belongs to me now. Everything God said to me is mine now. It's mine right now. Look at, let's look at one more verse. Second Peter chapter 1. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. And, that, and that's, why, that's why, you know, the, the, the only debt that we have in our lives, my wife and I, is, is our house note. And it'll be paid off because we got a picture on our refrigerator of our home. And it's got that same paid in full red stamp on it. Oh, yeah. There'll come a day I'll write a check, pay that house off. How do I know that? Because I know, I know, I just, I just know. See, here's the thing. You don't have to try to explain to somebody why you know. Well, explain to me why you know. You can't explain faith concepts to doubt people. They won't get it. So don't cast your pearls before swine. Just, I know. I know. Remember I said Sunday morning uh, uh, when we were talking about meditating on the Word, and he said that, that, that the man that's blessed does not uh, walk in the way of sinners or, 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 or sit in the counsel of the ungodly or walk in the way of sinners. You, you don't take the counsel of ungodly people. Amen. Ungodly people is not just sinners. It's people that think ungodly. Faith thoughts are godly thoughts. I have it now is a godly thought. What's an ungodly thought? Well, you know, uh, you might get it. It's de- No. Godly thoughts are, I have it right now. Uh, I'll show you this verse. Look, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Let's read it from the uh, Amplified Bible. Notice, it says, for his divine power, notice this phrase, has bestowed upon us, has. Now, uh, I'm, I'm not going to give you an English lesson, but let me ask you a question. Has. Would, would that be past tense? And it can be used present tense. He has done it. Right? I mean, you can say that presently. He has. He has done it. Now, think, think about this. Think about this. So, if somebody wired some money to you and sent you the confirmation number. Now, we don't do that a lot anymore. But you remember when you used to go to Western Union? Or what was the other one? Uh, MoneyGram? Right? What's that? Yeah, that's it. And, 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 and you would send the money and they would give you a confirmation number to call the person with and the person would take the confirmation number and they could go to the Walmart or the other store or the MoneyGram place and say, here's my confirmation number, here's my identification, uh, uh, so-and-so sent me some money. Right? Well, you get that confirmation number and somebody says, uh, did they send you the money? Yes, they have. They have sent me the money. Do you see it? I mean, do you see it? Is the cash money in your hand? What do you have? Confirmation. Confirmation number. I I have it. It's mine. All I got to do is go pick it up. He said he has, his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are what? requisite and suited to life and godliness through the what the full personal knowledge of him who called us by and to his own glory and excellence and or his virtue notice he has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness here's the question has bestowed on us or will if he has do you have it if he has, do you have it? Mm-hmm. I have it. Say it out loud. I have it. Say it, say it one more time. I have it. 
if he has, I have. If he has, I have. That can seem elementary, but, but where most people are, well, yes, brother, uh, I, I believe that God will. It doesn't say God will. It says he has. Don't put a will where God said he has. Amen. This is walking by faith. All I need, I've been given. I have it. I have the title deed to it. And, 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 I, and I'll wrap up with this. That's why your words are so crucial. And, 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 and understand what I mean by this. Now, now don't just think I'm going to go down the confession route. And if you just say it enough, you'll have it. I don't care how much you confess it. If you don't believe it's yours, you're never going to have it. Period. End of discussion. Well, I'll just confess my way into it. You can't confess your way into something you don't believe is yours. I, I said something in healing school the other day. People think that Charles Caps just started confessing positive things and things changed. Charles Caps got in the Word and found scriptures to base the confessions on and wrote them out on a yellow legal pad and while he was plowing his soybean field and his, and his cotton field, he would get out over his lunch hour and walk on, on the back side of his property and confess those scriptures and confess what God had given him from that. He did not confess his way into something. He faithed his way into something. And, and when you know you own it, and, you're, and, and it's yours, you're convinced of it, and you're laying down on, on your bed at night, and the thought of worry or the thought of concern comes, you got to open your mouth and answer that like an owner. Like somebody that's convinced. No, that'll never happen. That'll never happen. The enemy will say, you're going to go under. Nope, that'll never happen in the name of Jesus. Well, why not? Because I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm ahead only. I'll never be behind. See, that's not just a good confession. That's answering like an owner. That's answering like you're convinced. Oh, hallelujah. Do you understand that? And so, so people just want to confess. You, you can go on Google. Just try it sometime. Go on Google and just type in healing confessions. You'll come up with page after page after page of confessions that somebody else has written. And you can print them off and do no work and put in no effort. And you can say something you're not convinced of. Hallelujah. It's like the guy that came up to Pastor Caldwell and said, Woo, Pastor Caldwell, I love that tie. I claim that tie in Jesus' name. Say what Pastor say? He looked at him and said, you can't claim my tie. It's my tie. If I give it to you, you can claim it. If I sell it in a rummage sale, you can claim it. But it's my tie. You can't claim my tie. Well, Pastor, you know, that, that's not a big deal. That's how a lot of people try to operate by faith. They try to operate the prince. Faith is a law. There are principles that govern that law. Faith is not a formula. It's a law. And there are principles that govern that law of faith. And this is one of them. You've got to be convinced. For the law of faith to operate the way that it should operate, you have to be convinced that you have presently, present tense, what God said is yours. I have it right now. That's Lillian B. Yeoman's sister wrote that, that uh, uh, song. I'm not under the curse. I'm not under the curse. For Jesus has ransomed me. For sickness I've health. For poverty wealth. Since Jesus ransomed me. What'd she say? I, 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 I have it. Amen. You, you've got to let the days be gone. When you ever said, I believe God will. I believe God has. I believe God has. Amen. And when you say you're standing for your healing, 
You're saying that out of this understanding that I already have it and I'm standing and protecting it and guarding it. It's mine. I have it right now. I am healed. I am blessed. Amen. And because I have it, I, have, I, I choose whether or not I give it up. And I choose not to give it up. And that's why when sickness, you hear a report of sickness, you say, I don't mind telling you, I'll never have it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. They can't break you. They can't run your financial reservoir dry. Hallelujah. Yeah, but they said I could lose my job. Kingdom will create another job for you. Stand on your feet. I'll tell you a story while you're standing up. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, uh, I was working in, in corporate America. I was working uh, for Blue Cross Blue Shield. And uh, I uh, uh, had an opportunity for a, a better job, what I thought was a better job. And uh, I took it, and it, it wasn't better. And uh, so about, oh, I don't know, a few weeks later, a month or so, a couple months later, I called the place back where I had been employed. And I said, uh, I said uh, you know, I, I called the, the, the lady that was the unit manager there that had been on my team. And I asked her, I said, uh, uh, you know, are y'all hiring? Do you have any positions open? And uh, she said, well, let me, let me see. Hang on, let me see. And uh, uh, she uh, got back on the phone. She said, you know, we were just talking about you the other day. And she said, we actually created a position. We created a position. And the boss said, wouldn't it be good if he would come back and we could put him in this position? It was good. Turned out real good. Best job I'd ever had up to that point. Amen. The kingdom will create what you need. All you got to do is believe it. Be convinced of it. Hallelujah. Isn't that great?